This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real real. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. This is the first time I am actually filming myself on my computer and also recording the intro. Typically, I just do a voiceover. So my podcasts are now going to be video format on YouTube as well in a separate YouTube channel. So I wanted to make sure to announce that on here. If you guys like a more visual podcast, then you guys can definitely check that out. Um, It's definitely not the best quality. It's just my computer, but we record on Zoom and I just upload the video as well. So I figured that would be a great way to show you guys who I'm talking to. You guys can put a face to the name and I just think some people like them on YouTube better than on just like podcasts. So that is um a big announcement that i wanted to make um you guys could just can type in the real real podcast on youtube and it should show up but i'm really excited for today's episode with Alyssa. so Alyssa, we connected through a mutual friend and she is one of the sweetest and honestly super super hardworking people that i have met um she's so beyond sweet i can't wait to actually connect with her in real life and in person when um of course like covid is kind of kind of in the past and it's safer to connect in person but Alyssa launched fy jewelry while she was a student at the university of delaware and she hosted her first trunk show on campus with her sorority sisters so she launched her jewelry collection and her jewelry company while she was in college her journey is amazing her story is amazing it's not the typical like i always wanted to do this my whole life and now i finally got to i'm really excited for you guys to kind of hear how she got to where she is today And upon graduating in 2012, she opened up her first brick and mortar pop-up shop at the iconic Bryant Park Market in New York City, which if you guys don't know, Bryant Park does a huge holiday market and that's a huge place to have your very first pop-up shop. But today, actually, FYB is sold in 300 plus retail stores and it has a growing brand ambassador program at college campuses across the country and it has been featured in Glamour Magazine, Huffington Post, and Nylon, just to name a few. So, she also Alyssa recognized the value of a strong female network in growing her business and she founded the company's college brand ambassador program to provide the same sense of community to other young women allowing them to build their resume in a meaningful way while building confidence in themselves and having access to mentorship and opportunities this is what makes Alyssa stand out this is what makes FYB stand out her mentorship program her wanting to give back to her community she is just so kind and has such a big heart and i can just tell from this podcast and i know that you guys will be able to tell as well so i'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode and to hear her story and hopefully you guys can get inspired because i definitely know that i was super inspired by her story i also wanted to shout out the reviewer of the week i haven't done one of these in quite some time it's been lacking on my podcast so the reviewer of the week comes from sarah and she says i love this podcast because it always motivates me to go work out or be 
be productive for school. Natalie brings on guests to talk about so many different topics that I think a lot of people can find someone that they relate to. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sending that in. I think that's so sweet. And of course, I always am trying to bring on an array of guests. I never want it to be the same type of guest every single week. So if you guys have any suggestions, now you guys can actually leave it in the comments of this YouTube video, which is really cool. But I would still love if you guys gave me five stars on Apple because that is how my podcast gets recognized. That's how it gets promoted. So if you guys have enjoyed this podcast, if you've provided or if you've if you've received any value, if you've received entertainment, I'd love if you guys could give me five stars on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. That really means a lot to me. But let's get into the episode with Alyssa. I'm really excited to jump right into it and I know that you guys are going to love it. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heiress Tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type RealReal under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. RealReal under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hi, Alyssa. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm really excited to have you on. I was so excited when you emailed me and like, I love your jewelry. So I'm just, I always am curious of how brands like yours, like, get started and actually take off because you seem so successful with what you do. So I'm really excited to hear your story. Thank you so much. It's definitely been a journey. <laughs> Lots of lessons learned along the way, but it's been a lot of fun and an amazing experience. Creating yeah. A brand. No, I'm excited. So we're going to start with setting the record straight. So this is just some stereotypes or assumptions, and you're going to tell me if they're true or if they're false and your take on it. Perfect. 
The first one is there's a lot of email pitching that goes into starting a jewelry company or just any company, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So I think in the beginning, you know, you're doing everything you can to get your brand and your name out there. So I think there definitely is a lot of email pitching, a lot of cold calling, a lot of rejection, a lot of yes and no's. I think for me, actually, when I was starting my brand, a lot of my initial focus was in person. And this was actually monumental looking back to get that in-person feedback, build that rapport with customers, kind of see like what the top sellers were, um, see what they were resonating with. So for me, when I was first starting, it was a lot of like trunk shows. So kind of doing pop-ups on my college campus where I actually started my company, um, doing pop-ups around the city after I graduated. My first big pop-up was the Bryant Park Holiday Market. So I did that for two seasons back in 2012 and 2013, having like a little brick and mortar shop, like in the holiday season, the thick of it, like by the Christmas tree and the ice skating rink and having customers come in the shop and try things on and kind of doing sales in person. And that's the, the feedback I always give or advice to any person that wants to start a product-based business is try to get your product and yourself in front of as many people as possible in the beginning. Because even though you're emailing and cold calling and if you have a website or social media set up, that's great, but there's really something magical about getting in person and having people meet you and tell your story. And you're gonna learn right off the bat like what your top sellers are. And then you can kind of identify and flesh out things that aren't as strong selling. And I think getting in person is also crucial to understand if you have a business that will work. You know, if you do a pop-up and you don't have any sales, you can kind of ask, well, why? Like, what was the feedback? Like, is the price point too high? Um, Do I need to fine tune something? So I think that is my big advice. But, you know, it's also a mixture of kind of reaching out to my personal network, constantly emailing friends and customers for opportunities, emailing for pop-up opportunities, um, pitching to press. I think it's a lot of emailing, but I think... There needs to be a balance between being in person and also doing that behind the scenes work. I think it's equally important to get yourself out there um, because that's the best way to learn and know if what you're selling is worth pursuing as an actual business. Right. I actually didn't think of it that way in terms of the feedback. Like it's so good to get in-person feedback. And when they're sitting right there holding your jewelry, holding your collection, deciding whether or not to purchase it, like you can really see what what they like, what they don't like, what people gravitate towards. So that's actually really, really good advice. I didn't even think about that. And I think too, it's hard to capture how beautiful a piece is sometimes in a photo. We're actually now kind of gearing more toward video and doing more interactive things because it's hard to capture like the sparkle of a bead, for example, in a picture. Whereas in person, when someone feels it, they try it on, they're connecting with it in a different way. So Definitely think email pitching is important, but I think it's equally important in the beginning to get yourself like physically out there and meet people in person. Right. I Yeah, no, I really like that advice, especially for anyone that's starting a product. And I know now with COVID, it's a totally different situation, I <laughs> but I think that's really good advice of just even now during COVID, would you suggest people like eat, like mailing in product to like a boutique or something yes. like that so that they could see it? Because I do think that in person, like holding it and physically seeing it is a huge element to it. Definitely. We do a ton of gifting to prospect stores, influencers. Um, you know, now we're doing a whole editor campaign where we're trying to send pieces to editors to kind of see the product in person. But I think there's just something about touch and, and now, especially with social media, the whole unboxing experience is really huge. So right. I think definitely like getting your product right now in person in some capacity, whether you're shipping something is definitely worth it. Yeah, no, I love that advice. And the next one is every business needs a business plan. So I don't think it's necessary, although, you know, while very important, I feel like one myth is that you need to have everything in place before you get started. And this is actually a huge detriment because if you wait until you're ready, quote unquote, you'll never feel ready. Like I'm, you know, I've been in business for almost nine years and I still don't always feel ready, but I still try things. And I think for me, it's like, you need to put yourself out there and then get feedback, learn and grow and get better as you go along. So you know, you definitely have to have some sense of a business plan in terms of your, you know, launch plan and how you're going to go to market. But, you know, for me, I did not have a business plan. It was very intuitive. It was very organic. Um, You know, when I was was very, in the very beginning, um, just starting out, I would just make pieces. I posted photos on Facebook. This is before Instagram existed. And then when I started to get a positive response from photos I was posting, it gave me confidence to think, you know what, why don't I try to sell this in person? And then I did my first trunk show on my college campus and it kind of slowly took off from there. But looking back to like I, my original vision was to be more of a pop-up social selling type brand. Mm-hmm. Cause back in the day, like Chloe and Isabel, Stella and Dot, these companies were really on the rise. And I felt very inspired by how do I create this experience for college girls, so kind of targeting a younger age group for the same type of social selling model. Um, and while it was amazing, and that's really how I grew my brand in the beginning uh, through word of mouth and really utilizing the campus network to grow the brand. 
you know, it was very hard to manage and very hard to grow and scale because I was mailing, you know, trunk show kits to all these college campuses. Some sales were great. Some girls would crush it at a trunk show. Some did not do so well. And there's a lot of overhead with shipping costs and things would come back tangled. And I kind of realized that this wasn't the model that would really help me grow and scale. And I later learned that wholesale was really the direction and e-commerce was how I wanted to grow. So had I had that whole business plan in place in the beginning, I would have later learned it did not work. And right. I think it's so important as an entrepreneur to pivot and realize, you know, don't be so stuck in one idea because you might pivot or have to change your whole business plan and realize that it actually sells better to this market or this is the better plan of action to grow. Um, so I think you need to have some kind of, you know, foresight or, or idea of what you want to do with your business, but you won't know until you actually hit the ground running and just start putting it out there to kind of right. test run of what works and what doesn't work. And then you can start to build it out. But I think a business plan can be a work in progress. I don't think you need to have a full business plan in place before you start your brand or you'll just procrastinate and it'll hold you back from all those opportunities you could have just been putting it out there and growing and learning. Right. I think also when people put a lot of focus into a business plan, they get very, they get very like specific with things or they're like, oh my God, I don't know what my financials will be in five years. So maybe I'm, I'm not ready to start this or they'll spend too much time on little details that are probably not going to matter once they start, because like you said, Mm -hmm. everything changes, like, especially now with social media and with the world moving so quickly. I mean, with even this pandemic, like you can see that nothing is guaranteed and you do have to change all the time. You know, like you're going to have to change your business model probably month after month, season after season, year (laughs) after year, like it's not going to be the same. So I think some business plans can be a little outdated. I think it's best to just have a, a clear vision, but then being comfortable with flexibility, being comfortable with change and not just like, don't be stuck on one thing because it might not work. Exactly. The only way to know is to try right. and trial and error and fail. You know, every failure is a lesson and I feel like it only makes you stronger and better and have a better vision for your business going forward. But right. having a whole structured plan, I don't think it's necessary just to get started because again, you won't know until you try things. Right. So, And the last one is being an entrepreneur is very difficult. So I would say it's being an entrepreneur is definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I think you have to have a thick skin because, you know, when you're creating a business, especially if it's a product or service, you know, it's a very vulnerable thing to put your work and your passion out there. And it's not always going to resonate with everyone. So you can't take things personally, though you want to, you have to look at it as like, maybe that customer is just not my target audience, or maybe I need to, you know, shift or grow my messaging or change my, my product a bit. Um, I think it's a lot because you're also one in the same with your business. Like for me, it feels like FYB and my soul are kind of intertwined. You're always thinking about it. You're always in it. There's always, you know, anxiety and stress of things that have to get done. You know, there's definitely a lot of emotional weight. It's not like you have a nine to five job. You come home and work is shut off. When you have a business, you know, there's always something that can be done or improved on and, you know, it can keep you up at night sometimes. And there's a lot of weight and responsibility that comes with that, especially if you're building a team you know, you want to be a good leader. And, you know, if you're on social media, like really, you know, being a good example to everyone. So those are kind of the downsides, not downsides, but I guess like the hardships of it. And also financially, you make a lot of sacrifices, you know, every dollar you make, you know, you're not paying yourself a salary right away, not all the time. So you're really reinvesting in your business and taking a lot of sacrifices that you would have, you know, had to avoid if you had a cushy salary at a normal job path. However, I think, you know, the beauty in that is you grow in ways you never thought you would. It really pushes you to your limit. You, you know, I've learned so many skills and had to mature at a very early age because I started my company when I was only 20 years old. It really helped me mature and grow and find more confidence in myself right away because you're wearing every hat. You know, Mm -hmm. no task is too big or small. You're doing everything and it really pushes you to grow. And, you know, the rewarding moments are so euphoric. It makes up for all the hardship. You know, when you see your, your, a customer who loves your pieces or you see your pieces in a store that you love or you just see it resonating with people, it makes it all worth it. So while it's difficult, in my opinion, it's well worth it. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is really rewarding. And it is one of those things where when you were saying how you can't just leave it at the office, you know, like it really is, you take it with you everywhere. You take it with you in your personal relationships in your personal life. Like it's kind of so true. You and it are the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. I always laugh. Any boy that, you know, any guy that dated, that dates me, I'm like, you're dating my business too. Yeah. No, (laughs) it comes with it. It's, you know, we're one in the same. So that's so funny. Um, but now just tell us more about your background and how you got started and how FYB came to fruition. 
For sure. So I'm originally a Jersey girl, born and raised in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, I went to college at the University of Delaware um, and I graduated in 2012. So I started my business back when I was in college and I actually studied psychology and Chinese. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think some girls have a very clear vision on their future. I have some friends that knew they wanted to go into nursing or knew they wanted to be a teacher. And for me, I never really knew. Mm -hmm. I always had a lot of passions. I was always very creative, um, but I never really like saw a, a strict career path for myself. So I think psychology was a good major to have because you know I was very passionate about psychology. I took an AP course in high school that really opened up my eyes to it. It was also a good kind of liberal arts major where the path could go several different ways. So in the beginning, when I was a freshman, I kind of went in declaring my major, thinking that maybe I'd go to grad school or maybe I'd become a psychologist one day. And then I kind of um, later realized that it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling creatively fulfilled and I can't even explain it. It just was this feeling of like unfulfillment um, that I kind of realized I didn't want to pursue that path. I was working in research labs and shadowing grad students and a lot of them weren't happy. And, you know, I just thought like, what is my actual purpose? Like what actually drives me, you know, like where does my fire come from? And I took a step back and it was when I was a junior in college that I had this, what I call a mid-college crisis where I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I'm like, well, who am I? I started making like lists. I had a notebook that I would just write things down. And I was like, okay, well, I really am creative. I love the idea of creating a brand. I love jewelry and accessories. I've always loved fashion. Um, I love the idea of giving back. I love the idea of creating community. So all these things started to kind of ruminate and come together. And, you know, while I was majoring in psychology, I was also pretty involved on campus. So I was in a sorority, which was a huge part of my college experience, you know, joining as a freshman and feeling lost and homesick. Joining that sorority is really what introduced me to a lot of my best friends who I'm still very close with today. Made me feel like I was a part of something. Um, and also through the sorority, we were able to give back by doing like philanthropic things, whether they were events or, you know, volunteering. So that kind of opened my eyes to something bigger than myself. And then from that, I actually also did Habitat for Humanity. I served on the board for Students for Haiti. So I tried everything I could to get involved on campus while feeling lost. Like, okay, well, if I'm feeling yeah. lost, how can I put my feelers out there and try as many things as possible, meet new friends, you know, volunteer, give back and do things that were meaningful. And on top of that, I also had a part-time job at a local boutique. And at that store is really where I learned everything about running a small business from customer experience to merchandising, you know, getting familiarized with all the brands that we carried, you know, telling the designer stories. That's really what taught me a lot about the jewelry world um, and materials and gemstones and, and learning what they were in order to sell them. So I think like those three things coming together was really what had me, you know, come to this light bulb moment of combining my passions for design, you know, creating a business while also building a positive female community because it had changed my life so much and giving back would kind of culminate into all the things that I loved into one thing. So I would say I definitely had a light bulb moment of like, how can I pursue these things and maybe start my own line? And a lot of that inspiration came from working at that store where we were hearing all different amazing jewelry designers. And I thought, you know, how incredible that the designer of this brand is creating this huge business for herself and is selling her product. And that's really what made me realize I wanted to do something similar, but in, in my own way. That's really cool that if, for example, like you didn't have this moment of like forever in your life, you're like, I want to be a jewelry designer. I want to design jewelry. Like it kind of just happened with everything in your life that led up to that. Like if you didn't have that experience at that store, maybe you'll be, you would have been doing something else. Or if you didn't have, you didn't major in psychology and didn't realize that you didn't like it, like who knows what you would be doing. I always think that's crazy how it, you don't have to do something your whole life. Like you weren't designing your whole life and then you became a jewelry designer. Like it's something that exactly. came to you and then you pursued it, but it wasn't like, oh, I always knew that I wanted to do this forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back at my childhood, I used to make jewelry. I would like make little flower bouquets. I was always designing or making things. And I think like looking back at my childhood self, a lot of those traits and qualities have kind of transferred over into the woman I am today. And even mm -hmm. being a leader, um, I think like, you know, one point in time in my childhood, I did want to be a teacher. And I think that's kind of translated over with our mentorship program for college girls, you know, getting to work with them and mentor them. I think that kind of, you know, Kind of fills my passion for that so it's interesting when you look at your childhood and who you are as a person all these things in your life like every experience and moment prepares you for, for the next step right and in my opinion feeling lost like i felt was actually the biggest blessing in disguise because it forced me to take a step back and really assess who i was so i think a lot of girls especially in college are feeling lost you know girls that are graduating especially in today's world where it's very unknown and uncertain um, I think it's actually a blessing because you you have this very um, rare time to take a step back and think about who you are and 
you know, explore different passions. You know, the, the rules have changed. There's no linear path anymore. Everyone can try different things and every experience again prepares you and your skill set for the next thing. And right. I think paying attention to what excites you and what fulfills you is the best way to start figuring out your passion. Right. And what is your mentorship program that you guys have? Yeah. So we have a brand ambassador program, which is geared toward college women. And we recently actually expanded it to be open to post-grad girls because a lot of girls that are graduating reached out to me. And they're like, I would still love to be involved. You know, can I still be an ambassador? And I was like, you know what, instead of limiting it to just high school and college girls, let's open it up for girls of all ages to be involved and rep the brand. So again, like I mentioned, I was in a sorority in college and I was starting the business. I started it on my college campus. And a lot of the girls that were championing my brand and really helping it get off the ground were girls in my sorority. And when I graduated, a lot of them had reached out to me about internships. They knew I was going to be in the city and they were like, how can I get involved? Can I do a trunk show on campus? And that's when another light bulb went off of like, you know what, this business taught me so much and helped me grow my skill set. Like, how can I you know, open this opportunity for other girls to get involved. And that's when the whole Campus Ambassador program started to come to fruition. It was this mm -hmm. idea of like giving this ability to girls that maybe were non -fa not fashion or business majors that now wanted to go into that, but didn't have the internship experience or anything on their resume that was relevant to then get that next job or internship. So it's kind of like, you know, a way for them to build their skill set and their resume with leadership, marketing, social media, sales. We do a lot of give back where they do a trunk show for a fundraiser. So that's you know, philanthropy experience and also creating community where they're meeting each other, they're working together, they're making friendships, um, kind of like it's, it's, a, it's its own experience within their college experience where they're kind of, um, you know, building this path for themselves where they might not have had that experience otherwise. Um, and, you know, to date, we've had over 75 universities and I've mentored about 500 girls over the last seven years, we've really been running it, which has been so rewarding, um, wow. you know, and just amazing. Like I've given tons of recommendation calls or references for jobs. And they always talk about their time with FYB and how much they learned because it is a small business. And because it was very hands-on, they learned a lot of different skills that encompassed a wide range. So for me, it's rewarding to watch them start with us as an ambassador and then kind of grow and flourish in their careers after and how, you know, it was a stepping stone for them or a chance to meet one of their best friends that they're still very close with or, really learn the ins and outs of a small business. Um, so for us, it's really the heart and soul of the brand because I started it when I was in college and it was inspired by my own journey, but then also to see the community that we've created over the years and how many amazing girls we've had um, through it has been really rewarding. Right. I mean, that's so cool. I think that you are able to see that when you were in college, you were feeling lost. You didn't know what you wanted to do. Like if you had something like this, that or you did have it at your own online or at the shop that you worked at, but having that experience that in something that you're actually interested in and the fact that you don't, I mean, do you care about like what major they are? Do you look at that or it's anyone? No, I yeah. think it's everyone because again, like, you know, and I have friends too that maybe majored in journalism that are now working in finance or it, I think your major is important to a certain extent, but I think what's more important is the actual tangible experience you have in the real world. You know, even my friends that are recruiters, they always say they look at resumes for, you know, internships they've had or job shadowing or things that are tangible. Um, and for me, what I look for is passion. You know, we definitely want girls that are involved that, you know, um, show their passion for the brand on their application. We really vet the girls and make sure that, you know, they take it seriously, but that they're also, you know, eager to learn and grow. I think that's the most important thing. So major to me doesn't matter. It's more right. like passion and eagerness and um, you know, do they align with our core values as a company? Right. I think that's just a, such an awesome opportunity that you're granting to so many girls because this is actual, like you were saying, real small business experience, which is very hands-on in so many different aspects. I feel like working at a small business is one of the best experiences you could have because you really do wear so many hats. You see so many parts of the business. Mm -hmm. Like if you work for a big corporation and you're in marketing, you're not really going to touch finances at all, you know, but like yeah. in a small business, if you're working at a store or if you have like, if you're a brand ambassador, you might be able to see some of the design process, but along with the marketing, you know, and typically at a big corporation, you really won't see that as much and you won't get that experience as much. So I think that's so awesome what you're doing for college girls and beyond and high school girls. Like that's so incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And again, it's full transparency. The girls, especially if they come to our office and are working directly with me, they're really seeing every aspect of the business, you know? Right. And that kind of learning is invaluable because you don't necessarily get that in the classroom. And like you mentioned, at a bigger company or internship, you might not get to have your hands in every bucket, but they're seeing everything from the design to creation to how we pitch it on the website to a sale 
to working at trade show, um, all the behind the scenes. And also, you know, they get to see pictures of themselves on our Instagram feed. We often use our brand ambassadors or customers, you know, real girls as our models. And for me, that's really the heart of the brand is really featuring, um, you know, real women and girls and, and showcasing them and their stories. Right. Is there something that you wish that you knew before starting your business, before starting FYB? Is there like what would you tell yourself right before starting this? Oh my gosh, so many things. <laughs> I would say the first thing is I wish I had a better grasp of my finances. You know, I was a psychology major. I didn't have an accounting course in college or I didn't take merchandising. So I feel like I didn't have a strong grasp on the actual cost of things. So in the very beginning, when I was first pricing pieces out, I was only pricing them based on the cost of materials. I wasn't factoring in my time, labor cost, packaging, shipping. You know, I think I could have been more profitable early on had I better understood my numbers. So I would say like that was something like looking back, I would always say, know your numbers. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing was like having a more focused collection. I had way too many SKUs. A lot of my things were, you know, custom one of a kind, which was great and special, but that's very hard to scale. You know, if a store wants to place an order for 20 of one item, I couldn't do that. Right. You know, and I think, you know, keeping it small and simple and being known for one thing is better than having a million things and being very confusing as a brand. Um, right. And the third thing is like not being afraid to put myself out there more. I think like I mentioned earlier, you can hold yourself back so much by waiting until you're ready. And that's truly a myth because the only way to be ready is to try and fail and learn and grow. And I think I made excuses. I procrastinated the hard things. I always felt like I wasn't ready to do a trade show or that, you know, I didn't feel, you know, as confident as I should have felt with like pitching myself more, like being more vocal about what it is I was doing. And I think every, every person you don't share your story with, every time you hold yourself back, that's a missed opportunity because you don't know who that person knows or that person's friend could be a customer or maybe knows a buyer or is friends with an editor. You just don't know. And I think it's really important to be more vocal. So I'd say like definitely having more confidence and not being afraid of putting myself out there more and, you know, waiting, like stop procrastinating, do the hard things and just try. Right. Um, those are definitely three things I wish I would have known sooner or done sooner. Right. Are all of these things that you learned with just trial and error? Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like especially like accounting is something that people don't really talk about that much because you're right. Like being a psych major, you might not have taken that many accounting courses in school, which I feel like if you want to have a business, do you, do you recommend people to take a course or something like that? Or just like really think about it every step of the way? So I actually, so after my first year, I finally hired an accountant that did our books, okay. did our taxes for us. And he, that was like my first quote unquote hire, like really working with a full-time like accountant to kind of run that for me. And then also online QuickBooks is amazing. We use mm -hmm. that now and I kind of do our, we do our own books now and, you know, our accountant still handles the bigger things, but online QuickBooks is so easy to get set up on and it gives you a big picture. It even creates like pie charts and graphs because I'm very visual. It shows you like your PL and you can like, you know, create uh, categories and just kind of start bucketing things and have a clear glance at how much you're spending on marketing, packaging, cost of goods. And you really get a better picture of, are you profitable? Like what are areas you can cut back on? Um, you know, what are better ways to push sales or just understanding your numbers in general? Is right. Important. Right. So I would and definitely say that. Who was your first hire? Is it just you still, or do you guys have a team besides the brand ambassadors or who was your first hire that you had? Yes. So I work with a team of about 12 people. So it's a mix of part-time and full-time employees um, that encompass sales, PR, social media, photography, graphic design. Um, some are freelancers, um, some are commission-based. So it's really like a scope of things. My very first, I guess, hire was an accountant and then mm -hmm. a sales rep. So my first like quote unquote hire, I guess, beyond like that kind of role was having like an independent sales rep that really helped us grow into our wholesale. So the sales rep was someone that had an existing, you know, database of contacts and relationships. She repped other brands and that was a game changer for us and having someone that introduced our line to many stores. Um, and that from, from that point on, it was a matter of just identifying my strengths and weaknesses and how I could hire out. And that's kind of what helped me realize, okay, I need someone to run our operations or someone to, you know, build our sales team out. Um, someone that can do our photography, like Shelly, um, having a graphic designer. So I think like you start with the most important things, which to me were finance and then having someone help with sales. And then right. all, and then as you build and grow your business and you can afford to bring on more people, you know, identifying what areas of need that, you know, people can do better. So I mean, it's definitely been a growing experience because at times it's hard as the founder when you you're used to doing everything yourself and then realizing, you know what, you need to bring on people that can do it better than you. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of letting go of responsibility and just trusting that they'll get it done. 
Right. Um, so even for us, like having someone run our social media now and our email marketing campaigns, that's been a game changer, huge thing off my plate. And she's a professional at this. She does it, you know, really well. So I think um, those are all things you need to identify. Like, what are my strengths? What do I enjoy doing? And what are the not so fun things or things I can get better at? And then you hire those skills out. Right. Um, but I would say like, you know, an accountant. And then, you know, for us, it was hiring a salesperson were the two most important hires. How quickly did you hire a sales rep? I would say that was within the first three years. So okay. I didn't really start focusing on wholesale until a few years into the business, but she was someone I brought on, I want to say like the first three years of business. And that was a couple after. When you were doing wholesale, what, what changed that you were like, okay, instead of just selling e-commerce selling online, I can sell to retail stores. Like, was that something you introduced in the beginning or it, it was a pivot that you made? So in the beginning, I had a couple stores carry the line and they were honestly like through word of mouth. I had a friend whose mom owned a boutique or I had another store reach out. It was very organic and we sold to a handful of stores, but it wasn't ever my true focus because my original business plan was to be this more social selling model, kind of like Stella and Dot. Mm -hmm. And then in kind of trial and error, learning that that was a very tedious process. It wasn't scalable. That's when I thought, okay, well, what are other you know ways I can grow the business? So kind of seeing the market, what was out there and really seeing... Um, you know, the growth a lot of fellow brands were having with wholesale, it kind of opened up my eyes to thinking, you know what, I need to do a trade show. I need to really get the brands out there and meet with more buyers and see how that goes. And then I think it, it opened up my eyes after seeing the, you know, the orders that were coming in and the consistency of them, that it was creating this like amazing, you know, consistent revenue stream where I saw, okay, this is the path, you know, and then eventually getting into bigger chain stores where they were placing very large orders. That to me was like, okay, this is kind of the way that I see the brand growing with retail mm -hmm. partnerships because it's not only sales it's also getting brand awareness out there because now the product is in more stores right people can go in they're learning of the brand it's also you know a big part of our marketing is to what retail partners we're aligning with um so for me it was like the proof is in the pudding i would say like seeing the numbers and seeing the sales come in from the stores and the consistency of orders which was when we realized that wholesale was a path i wanted to really focus more on Right. Have you had like a pinch me moment in during FYB or like, have you had a store that you've been obsessed with that finally is carrying your jewelry? Yes. I would say one of my first pinch me moments was when we got picked up by South Moon Under, which is a chain store. They have about 40 locations. And I had shopped at that store my whole life, like growing up and, you know, especially in college, it was like a really cute boutique that was, you know, all the, like, we just loved that store and I always admired it. And I met with the buyers at a trade show. This is back in 2016. Um, and I think when they placed that order and I saw my product in you know, over 30 stores at the time, that to me was a pinch me moment at 26 years mm -hmm. old to like see my jewelry, the creations that I had come up with in my head, now being sold at like nationwide stores um, with, a, with a store that I had really loved. That was definitely like one of my biggest pinch me moments. I always think back on that. It was like our, one of our first big breaks. Yeah. Um, and then also seeing our product featured in magazines, that was always really exciting and never gets old or seeing it in a really cute store, you know, meeting the buyer face-to-face -face at a trade show and then seeing it on their Instagram or seeing customers resonate with it. You know, it never gets old to me. It's always a pinch me moment. And most recently moving into our first showroom space here in Brooklyn uh, was definitely a pinch me moment, like having, you know, a, a true headquarters where we're planning to actually create a, a mini retail space within our showroom where customers can come shop in person. So it's kind of like a flagship store. So right. er earlier this year, signing the lease for our first official showroom was another pinch me moment and milestone for us. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, especially like, like you were saying, you've been in New York for so long. And so having your own physical space, I feel like must be such an accomplishment. Like I yeah. would love to have like an office in New York one day. Like that would be my dream would be like to have a place where I can meet clients in my own office, like have a podcast studio in there, have something, you know, like that would be so cool for You'll me. You'll have so. it soon. You'll have it soon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome that that came true for you. And like, I mean, I feel like you've worked so hard as well all of these years. And like, like you were saying, you've constantly adjusted and readjusted. And I think that's one of the biggest things for businesses today is like, you cannot stay stagnant. You have to constantly be like on your toes and doing something new. So I think that that's awesome. Um, how, how has like COVID been for you? How has this pandemic affected your business? Yeah. So it really affected us because, you know, our business is pretty much now that I pivoted to wholesale a couple of years ago. The bulk of our business, like 75% of our business is actually wholesale and all of our stores closing really affected orders that we had coming in. You know, luckily a lot of our stores were able to kind of pull through this pandemic and, and pivoted themselves to 
launching an online shop or, or kind of leaning into their social media presence and their local community to keep orders coming in. But a lot of the orders that we had were put on hold or canceled. So, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking. But at the same time, you know, I, my heart went out to them because they have a physical store and overhead and rent. So for mm-hmm. us, it was like, how can we pivot you know, to best accommodate them. So we changed our wholesale policies, you know, we eliminated order minimums and, you know, allow them to, we even did drop shipping, like how can we best help our retail partners right now? So that was a huge pivot for us in a way that we were affected. Um, and then for me too, it was kind of a matter of like putting more heart and soul. I feel like now's the time to get more personal now than ever with social media, like really sharing, right. your, you know, getting on video and talking directly to your followers and doing things that mattered. So one thing that we did right away was launch a bracelet to benefit City Meals. So City Meals is an amazing organization based in New York that provides meals and companionship to New York City's homebound elderly population. And so I wanted to find, you know, a local New York City-based organization where we can make an impact and work with directly um, and kind of champion our followers and our community to give back as well. So we launched a bracelet donating 40% of proceeds to City Meals directly. And that was something we launched right away, you know, when the pandemic really hit New York. And the response was incredible. We were able to raise like close to $2,000 for for city meals and it's an ongoing thing. So we're gonna to continue to have it on our website, you know, and that's a lot of meals. So I think it was so inspiring for me to see our followers and our customers kind of come together and support city meals with, with us. Um, and that was just amazing. So that was one way we pivoted um, and kind of, again, like focused less on wholesale because we knew our stores were not in the place to order and how can we focus back on e-commerce and you know, for myself personally to get more active with social media. Mm-hmm. So we actually launched an IGTV series called Heart to Heart um, where we have women come on um, each week. I need to pick it back up because we're busy now that we're getting back, but we, we were doing it weekly with different conversations. And we pulled our followers on what are the type of, types of uh, topics you want us to cover, whether it was, you know, I'm graduating this year, like what's career advice, you know, what career topics can we cover? Or whether it was dating in times of COVID um, or having another business owner come on. I think those conversations and kind of using our platform in more than just a way to sell to our followers, but how can we inspire them? or motivate right. them through this content series. So I think it helped us, you know, refocus back on those conversations and content, e-commerce, and then how can we best help our retailers? But, you know, we definitely took a hit in terms of sales, but to me, that wasn't even a priority anymore. It was more of like, how can we get back to our community? How can I inspire our followers? And how can I best help our retail partners that are suffering way more than we are because they have overhead of their stores? Um, so I think that was all like ways that we pivoted and ways that we were affected. Right. So I think that that's actually really cool that you guys as a business are now making like you guys, your content is not just bracelets and not just jewelry, you know, like it's so much more like you were saying, career advice, dating advice. And I think now in like, while everyone's on social media, it's so important for a brand to not just be like a product. Like you kind of have to be a whole brand as in like people come to you for different things, not just for product. So I think that's actually really cool that you guys started that IGTV and that you guys are reaching out to your followers and actually having a relationship with them rather than just like selling, 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 selling. So have you noticed that those like IGTV series and being more personal on your social media, has that helped your business grow or has that helped you guys have like more loyal engagement or how has that Definitely. I think from the beginning, I always wanted FYB to feel more like a big sister, you know, with the brand ambassador program, that's how I feel. And that's a relationship that I have with our girls that are part of the program. But I want FYB to always feel relatable, loving a place that is a safe space and really uplifting for young women because our brand name is follow your bliss. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. our mission is inspiring girls to follow their own bliss. And what does that mean? And how can they, and you know, whether it's a meaningful product, like a bracelet that says ride the wave, you know, this idea of like overcoming challenges or it's watching an IGTV series or on our blog, we definitely highlight different women. So I think for me, that's always been a big part of my mission from day one Um, and feeling like a friend. I think that's our brand voice. And a lot of that is from, you know, my own experience and, and being relatable and talking directly to our followers, but also, you know, bringing in other women to highlight on our feed that represent that ethos. Right. Um, and I think, like you mentioned, it's so important now more than ever. I think small business is going to thrive in a new way because people want to support people, right? And adding that humanized element behind your company and the, the why of, why of what you're doing and having mission behind it or giving back is so important because there needs to be more heart and soul in general in business. It's no longer cutthroat and just about sales. It's way more than that. You're really selling, you know, a feeling. Um, and that's what people are resonating with. Right. I think that 
that's something huge that I always want to think about when going into my own business. It's very like, how can I interact with people and how can I actually engage with my audience? Because I think back like maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was more like who has the best commercial, who has the funniest uh, tagline, who has a celebrity endorsement. And now it's like, okay, who do I actually talk to? Who do I DM? Who do I comment on? And that's the difference between now and like a business 20 years ago. And I feel like you're doing such a great job at that with your brand ambassador program, with the way you're even doing this IGTV series, your social media, like all of that is so important for marketing today, I think. And I think you're just like killing it on that. Thank you. You're so sweet. I think it was, you know, back in the day, it was more of like, you know, being behind the curtain and being perceived as this big company. And now it's really shifted into kind of owning the fact that you're a small business and you're a real person behind this brand and you have heart and soul and you care about your customers. I think, you know, really, you know, also living to what you stand by is so important. I think it's important to actually like, you know, put your, your action where your mouth is and really, and take the effort and going above and beyond um, to, to resonate and connect with your audience is so important. Yep. And before we go, what is your best advice for someone who might not have the most experience, might kind of have a midlife college crisis like you had, (laughs) and they want to start their own business? What's your best advice for getting that experience and just starting? I would say step one is take a step back, you know, like really assess who you are and what you truly are passionate about because starting a business is not easy. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs and you have to really love what it is you're doing to the point where it doesn't even feel like work. Like right. on my best days when I'm like, things are great. And you know, again, there's everyone has, it's a roller coaster, right? You have these highs, you have lows and it's not easy, but it's very rewarding. And there's moments to me where running my business doesn't even feel like work. I'm like, oh, this is amazing that I get to do this as my career because there's moments where I don't even feel like I'm working because I love it so much. I love designing. I love connecting with people. I love working with other small businesses. I think you need to really identify what you truly, truly love. And if you're in it just to make money, you're in the, you're picking the wrong thing. You need to really figure out that. Also know your strengths and know your weaknesses. For example, if you're more introverted and you don't enjoy sales or being out there, then maybe think about how you can pick a career path or a business that allows you to be more behind the scenes. Knowing your interpersonal qualities is so important and really thinking about that, like your personality, what you enjoy, mm-hmm. not even just like the actual business or product, like about yourself and like your dream day-to-day life that's super important but i think it gets overlooked too often you know some girls say they want to work in fashion or become a buyer they don't know the reality of what that job entails you need to really think about like your day-to-day life because your job is going to be like 80 percent of your time in some cases um you know so being truly passionate i think the second thing is focus on building your relationships now this is something that i think is so important you know, most of my biggest accomplishments in my business or things that have happened have all been through my relationships, whether they were friends that I've like, or people that I met or networked with where I really fostered that authentically. Um, you know, it's not enough just to want to email someone and pick their brain, but how can you, you know, give back to them as well? You know, it can't just mm-hmm. be take, take, take. How can you give? And that's an amazing way to approach potential mentors or people you want to work with. How can I give to them? Not just what can I take from them? So really building relationships in an authentic way, because you don't know where someone could end up in their career path, you know, never burn a bridge because everyone's growing and changing. And you just don't know that that friend you met one time at a friend's party could end up being a buyer for a store that you want to sell to. You just never know. So really build your relationship and keep in touch with those people and show you care. Don't just make it about, again, when you need something, you reach out to them, being authentic right. and, and becoming friends with people you really want to work with. And the next thing, um, is really to infuse as much individuality as you can into your product or your service. So, you know, there's a million jewelry companies out there. People ask me that all the time. It's a very competitive market. How do you stand out? And I think my answer is like, you know, our branding and our story and our essence. And I think as long as you're infusing something that's different and part of your story that makes it stand out, there's always room for another. There's always room for another podcast or another bar of chocolate or another jewelry company or another you know, soap brand, whatever it is you're creating, if you do it in your own way and you focus on the packaging, the experience, the story, the mission, then you're doing something different and there's room for it. You know, I always think about like Godiva or Hershey's or Lynch chocolate or Mass Brothers, right? There's tons of chocolate brands, but they're all doing it in their own way and they all resonate with a different customer. So I think that's a huge thing. Don't try to copycat or try to be something that someone else is doing exactly. Do something in your own way and there's always room for more. Never feel like you can't start something because there's so many out there. That's another huge myth. This idea that, oh, well, I can't be a photographer because there's so many and it's so competitive. 
The answer is no. Find your own way of editing or your own style or your own service that you offer and really getting creative with that. And then there's no competition because you're creating a fresh open slate um, and people will resonate and vibe with what you do. There's always a customer for everyone. So never feel overwhelmed that someone's already doing what you're doing. I could not agree more. I feel the same exact way with like social media stuff, for example, like people are always like, there's so many people on YouTube. Like, why would I start a YouTube channel or an Instagram or podcast or whatever? And it's like that just because there's a lot of people doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful. Like you, people can watch multiple people. Like people can watch so many different YouTubers. I follow so many. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's always room for more. And like, same with photographers, like you were saying, like people will hire different photographers. There's always people needing that service. And I think that just because someone else is doing it, like you were saying, like, doesn't mean that they're not going to like the way you do it. So I think that there's, that's like such good advice that I always try saying to people. So that's cool that you both, me and you both agree on that. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Where can they find your jewelry and FYB and where can they find you? Like your Instagram, social media and all of that stuff. So our Instagram is at FYB jewelry. Uh, you guys can shop with us online at www.fybjewelry.com or you can find us at one of our nationwide retail partners. So on our website, we have a page that's called Stockus and there you can search by state and locate a local store near you. Awesome. I'm really excited to have this episode go up. I think it's going to be amazing. So thank you so much, Alyssa, for coming on. All right, guys, how did you enjoy that episode? I hope that you guys loved it as much as I did. It's one of my favorite episodes I've uploaded in quite a while. I just feel like me and Alyssa are very similar and we connected in a way that I haven't connected with that many podcast guests before, so she was really awesome. But if you guys did like it, be sure to give it five stars again and be sure to also join the Facebook group. So the Facebook group is a great way to get to know other people in the community. If you have a job listing you want to post, if you want career advice, if you want some tips and advice, whatever, you guys definitely do that as well. And then also one last thing I wanted to self-promote is my Patreon. Alyssa actually did an Ask Me Anything on my Patreon, which this interview does cover her story, but the Patreon actually covers technical questions. So if you guys are interested in the influencer marketing business, how she decides between influencers, how what she looks for, um, anything to do with like marketing, like which marketing campaigns work for her and which didn't, so te- more technical questions in the space, then you guys can um, go to the Patreon. She even answers questions like how she got into all the retail stores. So if you want those technical answers, definitely be sure to join my Patreon. It's starting at $3 a month, but that like the exclusive content, so the Ask Me Anything is only $6 a month. So I will have that linked as well, but thank you guys again for listening, and I'll see you guys next week on another episode of The Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.